It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session podcast, as always, sponsored by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America, a fraternal financial organization. Hector can help you plan for your family's future, so give them a call, 940-453-3490. Also sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle, so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, though? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 165, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. And we're asking you that because you sure as hell weren't by what the Cowboys put on the field today. <laughs> so we'll try to make up for it for you. We, we will talk Cowboys we got to talk a little college football. We've got some interesting things in the block today, so it's going to be an interesting one. Unfortunately, before we get rolling into our sponsors, I'll just go ahead and let everybody know there is no secret audio of a Cowboys homer this week because <laughs> they did not show the Cowboys game here, so I had to go watch it somewhere else. <laughs> so I was not able to be at home to watch it, and I didn't even watch the whole game. I mean, it, it got to the point... I just left. I was like, well, I'm, this is dumb. So it's just one of those days, and we're going to get into that. But I didn't even think about it, man. And, and I was like, I turned, it's like, what the hell? And I tried to mess with my YouTube to see if I could put my settings. Like, I still live in Dallas, and it wouldn't let me. No, I ain't going to let you do that. Yeah, so I, I was stuck, and, and it didn't even cross my mind. But I'll be, you know, next week, because they're playing Atlanta, I bet they show it in this area. But Atlanta and New Orleans played each other today, and the local Fox channel here was showing that game, and I, I had couldn't watch it at home. So I, and I got to be honest with you, I don't know that it would have been that good today anyway. It, it Maybe early on, I was a little frustrated, but then it just became, I just kind of shrugged my shoulders and was like, whatever. But I will tell you this. Yeah. The Cowboys, if you feel like your finances looked like the Cowboys today and you're not exactly sure like what you're doing or why you're here or, or what you're supposed to do with savings and things like that, you need right, to call right. Hector Flores. Modern Woodman of America, it's a fraternal financial organization. It's non-fee-based, costs nothing to meet with Hector. So you can give him a call at 940-453-3490 and just kind of Lay things out and see if he can help you plan for your and your family's future. Well, I think the thing about what they do, man, is that they uh, they give you a path, a roadway, a map. Pick whichever one you want to get where you're trying to go. And for some people, they want to be very conservative. I don't want to lose any money. For some people, they're like, let it roll, baby. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. They want to be uber aggressive. It's all about your own personal situation, where you are in your life, how much money you've been saving, how much you want to save, how much you make. But Hector makes all those things easy because he can listen to you, interpret what you want to do, and then put a plan together, man, so you can act. Yep, he can take care of that for you, man. And what Modern Woodman of America does is a unique combination of business. They give back to those that they serve, and it just creates a continuous cycle of positive impact within the community. So give Hector a call. If you have those questions, he's got your answers. 940-453-3490. 940-453-3490. Also, of course, our friends, the attorneys, the green team at Greening Law. Maybe it happened to you this weekend. You were hurt in a car accident and you're like, oh my God, I remember when Matt got hurt in a car accident. That happened to me this weekend. 
Maybe you are on the premises of a business and something happened and you were injured. They've represented a variety of clients in a variety of cases. That's why you need to give them a call, 972-934-8900, because the consultation's free. Like You just call them and explain what happened and let them decide if they think they can help you. Well, I think the thing about the green team, man, is it doesn't cost anything to pick up the phone and, and tell them what your circumstance and your situation is. And then they listen to it. You say, hey, we think we can help you. We think it's a good fit. Or no, it's not. Uh, but it doesn't cost anything to pick up the phone. And if they take you on as a client, they don't get paid unless you get paid. And to me, that's a big deal because you never have to wonder, like, okay, they got so many clients. Where am I on the priority list? You're number one, just like everybody else, because they don't get paid unless you get paid. That's exactly right. They do not, you do not, they do not get compensated unless you get compensated. I was trying to figure out how to say that, and I just jumped around it. They only get paid if you get compensated. That's the way this works. They are your fierce legal competitor against the insurance companies. It's greening law. And, and again, maybe it hasn't happened where you feel like you need them yet. Keep the number handy, because it's not like I was planning to get in a car accident that night that it happened. <laughs> but I did have that number, and I called it immediately because I knew they could help me. 972 934 972 934-8900. It's Robert Greening, offices, Dallas, Texas. Speaking of the DFW area, that is where a colossal pile of shit was on full display today. Wow. That the Dallas Cowboys, I don't know how else to describe it. I don't know what to do with this game. Dak Prescott sucked. The offensive line sucked. Zeke sucked. The defense sucked. Special teams sucked. The coaching sucked everything associated with this team, maybe other than Micah Parsons, I thought for the most part, I I just thought the whole team sucked. I thought they sucked. Well, I mean, in general, that that's what they did. And I've been around long enough that um, almost every team, I'll be honest with y'all, almost every team has a game like this during the season. And it became very clear very early on to me that this was a wasted cause and that um, unless something – like the block punt in the third quarter yeah. happened, unless something like that happened that was very dramatic, it was just going to be a butt kicking. And I could tell because, think about it, man, they got this great kickoff return to uh, to start the game. Yeah. All right? You're at like the plus 45 or something. Great field position, chance to get up, you know, 7 nothing early, put some pressure on Denver. And I don't even mind going for it on fourth down. Okay, cool. Mike McCarthy is showing that's kind of the way he wants to roll this year. But I was like, damn, bro. The cutback lane was where it was supposed to be. Zeke did the cutback, and there was a Bronco who just filled that thing, bro, and there was nothing to be had. And I was like, huh, this is not a positive. No, not at all, man. And it was I, – I, I don't even – again, it was just very, very strange, the entire game. And you kind of brought up – you all right over there? Oh, I'm sorry. I have a lot of moving parts. Over. Yeah. Okay. I was just, just I couldn't <laughs> tell if you dropped your mic or what happened. It's like you are moving parts around quite a bit. But yeah, you know, it was one of those things, and it just kind of started really early, like you said, with that whole bit. And I was trying to see because I kind of thought, you know, the Broncos kind of waved the white flag. They came in and, and they were just like, man. And then all of a sudden, they had three games in a row where they allowed the opponent to score on their a touchdown on their first possession. And then they trade Von Miller, and the next week, it's like the Cowboys like, oh, well, we're not going to score. And then you brought up that blocked punt. You're like, oh, kick ass. Here's the blocked punt. And yet, that weird-ass thing, because Nashawn Wright just randomly touched it, the Broncos are able to recover the blocked punt. 
Yeah, so I mean, it was, um, but it was, it was bigger than that, man. Everybody was off. Dak yes. missed a couple wide open receivers. I think Tony Pollard dropped a pass on third down where he's wide open. He's got great hands. Amari Cooper drops his first pass of the year. Third down, nobody near him. I mean, it was just everybody, I think you used the right word, suck today. They did. And that, it, it was colossal suck. I mean, collective colossal suck, and that's where, again, I don't, I don't know what you do with this game. To me, this is a game like you just throw the tape away and you move on to Atlanta. I, I don't. Oh, it's a, it's a definite outlier game. Uh, I mean, you, you have to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that there were things in here that you got to get corrected. But in general, you just go, man, that was not us out there. You know, for whatever reason, um, there'll be a different focus and stuff this year. I mean, this week, and then they'll go out and play Atlanta and try to get it done. I mean, this is a team at one point, they were like one of nine on third down. Dak at one point was eight of 23 for 102 yards passing in an interception. <laughs> Zeke at one point, I think he was something like 10 for 30. It was yeah. just, I mean, they didn't crack 300 yards of offense. One of the top offenses in the NFL, the number two scoring offense in the NFL, and it was 30 to nothing. And I don't even count the last 16 points. I don't even care about what they did. I mean, the game was 30 to nothing. And then Denver was like, man, and Dallas was like, oh, kick ass. Let's let's try to make this. If, if nobody saw this, you thought this was actually a decent game. No, it wasn't. It was a joke. 290 yards of total offense. Well, that's, you know, part of that is they couldn't convert on third down. Yeah. Um, without Tyron Smith, Terrence Steele over there was a disaster. Um, you know, he's fired at right tackle. He was a disaster at left tackle against Jonathan Cooper, yep. who I know from Ohio State days. That dude is not a pass rusher. <laughs> I mean, he looked like one today, but that's not what he does. He looked like an all-pro. So, that's what I'm saying. So Terrence Steele just had a bad day. And, um, you know, I mean, Dak was under pressure most of the day. But, again, when he wasn't, he still had uh, he still had problems uh, getting the ball to people, man. He was bad today. He was really the whole team was really bad today, and and I don't know. Again, you know, you kind of read the stuff after the game and, and the guys that are in the room talking to him and this whole thing. Like I think Ceedee Lamb was talking about how they didn't have a crisp practice week and and Leighton Van Der Esch was screaming on the sidelines, wouldn't say what he was saying, but that this is kind of a wake up call. The young guys needed this, and you just kind of wonder if this was a team that had won six games in a row and was just kind of feeling themselves a little bit, just came off an impressive win, comeback win, without Dak on the field on Halloween on Sunday night against the Vikings. Who knows? But again, in, we're recording this while the Chiefs and the Packers are playing, so the afternoon window's going on right now. Buffalo did not score a touchdown against Jacksonville today. The number one scoring offense in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> lost in Jacksonville to one of the two worst teams in the NFL. A one and seven Jacksonville team beat Buffalo nine to six and held Buffalo without a touchdown. Go figure, go figure, go figure. How does that make any sense in today's NFL? Dude, that, I, I, you look at these early games. Cleveland went on the road to Cincinnati after all that Odell Beckham Jr. drama this week and whipped the shit out of Cincinnati 41-16. to The Giants beat the Raiders 
23 to 16. And then Atlanta, five and two New Orleans, here they come. Atlanta on the road in New Orleans was up 24 to six in the fourth quarter, blows the lead, and then ends up kicking a field goal to knock off the Saints. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do other than to just shrug my shoulders and go, this is one of those days in the NFL. It is, man. I mean, but, you know, it, it's, it, it is because, as we like to say, they pay the other team, too. Sure. This is why you can't say that Georgia could go play Jacksonville and win the game. because <laughs> they, so You know dumb. what I'm saying? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they don't. Because Georgia's probably got 15 NFL players on their team. And, hey, check this out. Jacksonville. Well, it's Jacksonville, so maybe they don't have 53. Maybe they've got 40. That's still three times as many NFL players on their team as Georgia has, and so they beat up Georgia. Yep. Um, you know, but you know, bro, if you if you go back and look, and this is just just to offer just a smidgen of perspective, you know, back in two thousand and seven, man, Cowboys were what six and zero or five and zero, and lost to the Patriots forty eight and twenty seven. And anymore, yeah. they rattled off another you know seven straight wins. Um, I think in twenty fourteen. They lost 33-10 to the Eagles uh, in a year in which, you know, at one point they had, they had won six in a row, and I think they were 8-3 and three at that point and were a really good team. So these things happen from time to time because, matter of fact, they won the next four games after that uh, Philadelphia debacle in 2014 yeah. and, and went into the playoffs on a run. Um, so these things happen. You just got to keep it in perspective. Uh, it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to say they got to get better and they got to improve over here and over there. But, dude, they're saying the same thing in Buffalo. Like, how did we not score against Jacksonville? Yeah. You know, the Bengals are like, what happened to us? <laughs> I mean, exactly. I thought, I, mean, I thought we had arrived, and I guess we haven't. And so it happens, man. It does. And, and that's there were just so many uh, and it wasn't just Dak it wasn't just Terrence Steele I mean it was like collective malaise maybe it was the red stripe <laughs> maybe that's I don't know what it was I think it's I think it's uh human freaking nature bro I guess so man I you guess so six in a row everybody's I mean, kissing your butt telling you how great you are you know nobody had talked to them about eating real Lately. That was all early in the season. Yeah. But when you win six in a row and you're as impressive as they were and you pull out that big win with Cooper Rush last week, there's some natural letdown, man, because they're human. There's some natural letdown. And so uh, it's up to Mike McCarthy and the leaders to regroup, get back focused, commit to excellence again, and go about the business of winning football games. It's just it, – it's you want this to just be that maybe a little bit of that wake-up call and the outlier, obviously, because now you're sitting at 6-2. And, two and what, we'll see what happens. I mean, Green Bay is trying to pick up and, and stay atop the conference, but they're going to try and do it without Aaron Rodgers with that whole weird-ass situation. I mean, they're, <laughs> we'll see how that turns out for Green Bay today on the road in – in Kansas City this afternoon but you know you look around the NFC Kyler Murray is not playing today he is out with an ankle injury maybe there's an opportunity there for San Francisco to knock off Arizona and like we said I mean we just saw the Saints lose to Atlanta who the Cowboys play next week it, it, it's a weird thing but they're still right there and when you look at the division of doom as we kind of christened it on our last podcast 
If Green Bay and Arizona lose, well, they're seven and two. And, and then the, because they haven't had their buys yet, the Cowboys at six and two. And the Rams, of course, who right now are sitting at the, the top of the conference that I think would be the premier team that most of us would say. And uh, they're obviously seven and one and then in play tonight against a Tennessee team that just lost Derrick Henry. So, you know, we, we'll see how it turns out. That's all we can do, man. Uh, but this is still a really good football team. Sometimes these things can be really good for you in terms of refocusing and re-energizing and letting you know, yeah, we're really good, but we're not nearly as good as we thought we were. Uh, the NFC is rugged. And so, dog, it's, um, you know, if this is the worst game you have, okay, fine. If it's not, oh, well, God help us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it could get worse, man. I mean, again, and you just kind of look at some of the numbers because we, we watch it when it's playing out. And then you look at the numbers and you don't realize how wildly poor it was. For instance, Amari Cooper caught two of his five targets. And remember, I think they were one and seven on third down on that point when he was wide open on a third down pass that hit him in the hands and he just dropped the ball. Dude, I thought he was taking that one to the house. I didn't know what. I mean, it's just how, how he could spend the rest of his career and never have something like that happen again. C.D. Lamb was targeted nine times, nine times for C.D. Lamb. He caught two catches for 23 yards. Tim Patrick had a 44-yarder that Teddy Bridgewater put in his basket for that touchdown catch. Trayvon Diggs was right on him. I, You know, Jerry Judy, 6 for 69. The Broncos with Javante Williams and even Melvin Gordon, they just they just ran at will. It's, and they it, did it with know. three backup linemen. Yeah, it's just, it's, oh, it's frustrating. I get it. But it, I'm not even mad. I wasn't even angry. I, I Like I well, said. Well, they played so poorly that why be mad about right it? you, it's just like I'm okay you, huh you could see it early man that they just didn't have it and again it was the drops and it was to me the biggest thing early early was Dak was just off yeah you know he was either throwing behind or he was missing guys i was like this looks like uh Dak in year two uh not the guy we've seen um you know the last two years so he will go back and get it fixed and don't forget man you can say what you want to Dude hadn't played in three games, man. <laughs> That's true. They had yeah. the bye week, and then he missed the Sunday nighter. And and, and so, yeah, right. I mean, maybe there was a little bit of rust on him. And, I mean, my, he was – this is as bad – I think you're right. This is about as bad as we've seen Dak play since he went through the turnstile nightmare yeah. that they had when Chaz Green was at left tackle. This was a year two Dak before Amari showed up. Yeah. <laughs> It was. And we, I mean, we have not seen this offense look that bad. I mean, it was last year when he was hurt, but that's with the variety of different quarterbacks in. Dude, they had averaged 40 points a game the last eight games at AT&T. And they put up, I mean, okay, they put up 16, <laughs> but really they put up zero. Yeah. I don't even know. Again, and I think Buffalo's probably going to do the same thing today. I mean, you're talking about a Buffalo team. Yeah, they scored 16 points in week one against the Steelers. And then the, here's Buffalo, 35-43-40, 6 to Jacksonville, no to Jacksonville, who's god-awful. <laughs> I, I haven't mean, even looked at that game. Did they have a bunch of turnovers, or they literally couldn't move the ball? No, Josh Allen threw two picks, and he wasn't very good. And they it was, for whatever reason... Again, much like the Cowboys, I think it was just one of those days where the Bills probably rolled in going, it's Jacksonville, so what? And they just had a malaise over their team, and nobody really stepped up, and they had no energy, and 
again, it happens in the NFL. This is the NFL. There are no cupcakes. There are no FCS teams for you to play. It's right, right. even the teams that we perceive as not very good are, are still teams that are out there fighting. I mean, Denver was four and four. It, it, this isn't an zero and eight team that they were playing. It's a, it was a four and four team that's now five and four, and they've got NFL players like you always say. They get paid too, and they whipped yeah. they whipped their ass today. But they had been they had only beaten bad teams, much like Carolina had only beaten bad teams yeah. the first couple of weeks. And this is only the, th- I mean, dude, this is only the third team with a winning record. Vic Fangio's team has won since he took over, uh, you know, forty some games ago. So you know they have had trouble against the best competition in the league. They didn't have no trouble today, and uh, they were the more physical team. They dominated the. The uh, oh yes line of scrimmage yep. off uh, an offense and defense yep. and Cowboys really never even had a shot. No, they didn't. And I guess if you are looking for a silver lining, if there is one, and you were going to have a game like this, quite honestly, it's better that it happened against an AFC opponent than say if it had happened against Minnesota or even next week against Atlanta as NFC opponents, because that all will help in tiebreakers. I mean, it, it's just one of those things. If you have to have a game like this, I, I at least it was Denver and not a, a divisional or a conference opponent for when you're trying to position yourself in the conference. You actually uh, make a very good point about that, and that's another way to look at it because uh, those conference games all matter at the end of the year for tie-breaking. So, yeah, you're right. If it had to happen, better Denver than somebody else. Yep, exactly. So we'll move on. And again, of course, now – and I also learned today to check – the coverage map for noon kicks in Alabama because I got to think that next Sunday they're going to show Dallas Atlanta here, but I don't know for sure. So I need to make sure ahead of time because I mean, I was scrambling, dude. I mean, I, I turned on the TV. I was like, what the hell? I was like, Plus, you know, your boy told you to just go get the NFL stream so you wouldn't have to worry about these things. Yeah, but I don't, th- I forget about stuff like that. I mean, I'm just used to turning on the damn TV and what I need is there. You know, I mean, that's. I mean, I, I, I planned it out. I, I, I had a really good workout this morning, and I, I had <laughs> I planned it out. Did. Yeah, I was like, all right, man, I'm feeling great. I, I had a really kick-ass, solid Sunday morning workout. I've really gotten into working out every Sunday morning now before the games get going because usually, you know, Saturdays I'm watching a lot of college games, and, and we may go out and watch a game here or there, and then I, I'm having some drinks and whatnot. And so Sunday morning I just get up and burn it off and just feel great. So I timed it perfectly. It's like, all right, here we go. Now, Cowboys, it's going to be a great day. And I turn on the TV. I'm like, what? This Saints and Falcons, what? Well, I'm I don't like, want to I don't want to go too far down the exit ramp. But what are your workouts like now? Well, just I, I do I do that cross rope thing that you had kind of turned me on to. But I, I mix right. it up. Like, I'm doing a lot of those. And sometimes I'll do two and one. And then a lot of the times I'll do a cross rope and then go for a run or I incorporate it's, it's, it's just a lot of hit stuff like high, high intensity interval training for the most part. And I got some dumbbells that I'll do some stuff with and things like that. All right, well, for those of you who don't know, cross rope is just a jump rope workout, but they're really good jump ropes. Yeah. Weighted they're jump little, ropes. Yeah. They're a little pricey, but they last and they're, they're really good. They're really durable and you can get some work done with them. Yeah. Because they've got a, the jump ropes come in a quarter pound, half pound, one pound and the two pound, which is like, and you think, oh, that's so light. Go, go sling around a two pound jump rope. Dude, I still can't do a two pound jump rope. It is that I can't do it. Like some of the workouts call for it and I'll do it for like a bit. But, man, that thing is like, it's like what I imagine. I mean, I hate to say this, but like a horse penis. Like, it just, it is so weighted. 
and you just feel that thing, man. And that's what I, I'm like. I'm like trying to sling this thing around. Like it's insane. Yeah, no, I can't even. I can't even do it. So I don't even try. I stay with the uh, one pound and lighter. Yeah, and, and and so those are good. And it, it's just a lot of jump ropes, and you get your heart rate up, and then you do. You know, I I like doing a lot of the body weight stuff, but. I was ready for it, man. I was ready for the game today and then came in and realized, oh, no, this isn't good. And I jump on my computer to try to change my YouTube TV settings. And it's like, no, it won't let me because I already did it recently. And so I don't know. But, you know, there's places around where you can you can make it happen. So that's what I did. I mean, this is how it is. So (laughs) crisis averted. But for the Cowboys, they are now six and two. That is not quite halfway through the season. Next week, they will be more than halfway through the season of the 17-game schedule. And we'll see what they've got because Atlanta next week coming in is a noon kick. And Atlanta today, like I said, I mean, they were thumping the Saints. It was 24-6, to and then they show that graphic that the last time they'd had an 18-point lead in the fourth quarter was the Super Bowl meltdown. And the Falcons, Matt Ryan, they got the ball back. The Saints scored, and Atlanta got the ball back with about 50 seconds. And Matt Ryan hit Corderell Patterson for a like 64-yard reception. And then they they trotted out their field goal, dude, and he kicked a field goal to win the game. How about that? Unbelievable. Falcons yeah. won it, then lost it, they won it. Yeah, and it's weird too, man, because Atlanta is, you know, Patterson's like their main running back now. And it, they are like he out of nowhere. Like they couldn't run the ball at all against the Saints today. They ran 25 times for 34 yards. But they could they just slung it all over the place. Matt Ryan was twenty three of thirty for three hundred forty three yards and two touchdowns. Mm. Well, let's see if he can sling it next week. Thing about Patterson is, to me, is he's finally got a team committed to him that says you're a unique talent. So we'll just figure out how to use you, run it, throw it. You can do a lot of different stuff. Almost like a video game player who's kind of a mismatch yeah. player. You just yeah. got to figure out how to use him, and then you got to commit to using him. Yeah, and this is, you know, let's not overlook the Falcons. We could sit here and say, well, who have they beaten, which is what everybody likes to do. They have won three out of their last four. Now, that was the Jets. They beat the Dolphins by two. They lost to the Panthers and then just beat the Saints. But, I mean, again, this is a four-and-four team. And in any given week in the NFL, as we saw today, so hopefully the Cowboys got a little bit of a wake-up call. And I'll be a lot more concerned if we see something like this again next week, but my expectation would be they just erase this and come back out and be the team we know and the team that we've seen. I would think so, man, because um, they'll be a, they'll be focused. They've been really good in the first quarter this year, so they'll be focused, I think, um, um, against uh, Atlanta coming up, especially having had this game and understanding, you know, there's still a lot at stake in the NFC. It's about the division of doom. It ain't about the NFC East, and you don't want to get uh, any further behind. So we'll put it to bed, man, and we'll move on because we have some other things that we'd like to discuss because, I mean, normally we, we have so much Cowboys conversation, it's wonderful, but at some point with this game, you know, you sit on the pot for a while, then you flush it and you, you get out of the bathroom. <laughs> and that's what we're doing. So let's let's open the door to the bathroom and move on. And I will tell you this, if you need something in your life that will excite you a little bit, if you haven't checked it out yet, might I suggest to you Brews Biltong. And you may be thinking, well, what in the world is is biltong? And again, so biltong is like beef jerky, but it's not beef jerky. It is a traditional South African air-dried meat. And both you and I are on board at this because we both, and I'm telling you, it's if you like beef jerky, you will love this because it's better. Oh, dude, it's terrific, man. 
you know, I went to Jackson this weekend, just got back right before kickoff. Yeah. And uh, I was munching on it in the car, bro. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> because, you know, it fits. Yeah, I mean, y'all know I try to eat right most of the time, but it fits exactly what I want. It's a great snack. It's got a lot of protein, no sugar, no carbs. Who can't ride with that if you're trying to eat right and stay in some sort of shape when you're on the road? Yeah, it's fantastic, man. It is. It's a really cool. It's very tasty. And Bruce Biltong has a great story because it's a guy, South African guy who lives here now, of course, and he was just making it because that's what he grew up on. And his friends thought it was so good that they kept asking him to make it for them. So he just started his own company and it's fantastic. As you said, it is extremely healthy for you. I mean, you can get one of the snack packs, they're two ounce packs. It's 240 calories, 30 grams of protein. <laughs> well now, and um, you know, the other thing is, I mean, trust us, we're not just saying that. It. It's a lot more tender and yeah, juicy, so to speak. Yeah, it's super savory. Uh, for beef jerky, savory. Maybe that's a better word for you know, because beef jerky is usually yep. pretty dried out. But this is this got some tenderness to him, some moistness to him that you can uh, you can chew on it. I mean, it's all good, man. Yeah, go check it out, man. It is bruisebiltong.com. Okay, that's b r u s b i l t o n g. Bruisebiltong.com. Zero grams of sugar, no artificial ingredients. It's made in the USA. The ingredients literally are beef, vinegar, salt, roasted coriander, pepper, and rosemary, and it is delicious. Absolutely fantastic. I think you're really going to enjoy it, so check it out. Now, when you go to the website and check out at bruisebiltong.com, make sure at checkout you enter the promo code JAM15. That's J-A-M and the number 15. When you do that, 15% off your order. You're going to love it. It's bruisebiltong.com. Check it out. Jam 15 at checkout. If you like beef jerky, you will love Biltong. Also, of course, Blue Star Motor Group and bluestarmotorgroup.com. You can swing by the website, man. And if you're looking for a vehicle, you need to give them a call, no matter where you are, because they've had people that have come from different states. They've gotten cars for people that don't even live in the DFW area. They can make it happen for you. So give Deb a call or shoot her a text, 817-881-4066. I would encourage you to check out their website, but if you don't see what you're looking for at bluestarmotorgroup.com, you need to give Deb a call because, like I said, they work with people all over the country, and they will find a way to try and find what you're looking for. No, she's great about that, man. They got a wide network. You just tell them price you want to spend, the car you want, the color, and they can fit. They can find what you want and have it to you, you know, in not that much time. Uh, the thing about Deb is she's a deal maker, man. She ain't got to go nowhere else and get it done. She can make a decision. She can get a deal done. Whether you're buying a car from her, selling to her, your car, it doesn't really matter. Give Deb a call and let them work out a win-win situation because that's what they're experts at doing. Yes, indeed they are. It is bluestarmotorgroup.com. They have a variety of different cars. They have elite-level cars. They have cars for everybody's budget, whatever you need, superior quality, Carfax certified, pre-owned cars of all makes and models, including this one that they have coming up. It is a 2019 Toyota Highlander XL. They have it listed for just over 37,000. It has under 40,000 miles on it. And I'll tell you this, because my brother had a Toyota Highlander. That Toyota Highlander lasted my brother about 250,000 miles. Wow. I mean, he had that car forever. That is a very, very good deal for a 2019 Toyota Highlander that barely has 37,000 miles on it. So check it out. It's Blue Star Motor Group. 
Com. But let's move on. Let's take this trip around the block. And I don't know if, or I was telling you about this earlier. So this is kind of cool. We have a listener. Well, I mean, obviously we have several listeners. We have many listeners, which we love, love you guys very much. It's awesome. But I had a guy and he is a professor. Get this. He's a professor at TCU. And his name is William. And he had sent me this clip. He said, hey, Matt, love you all show. My bro, a friend, and I made the Ultimate Cowboys hype rap song for this season with the video. The song stands on its own. It's legit. I'd be honored if you take a three-minute watch for it. I was like, okay. And I got to be honest. And I, William, if you're listening, I mean, I'll, I'll, look, people send us stuff sometimes, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and you check it out. You're like, oh, oh nice, you know, neat. I have to tell you guys, this thing is crazy good. Like, I, I was like, wait, hold on. What? Like, this, this sounds like like a professional rap song, like production wise, it's on point. The lyrics are really good. And the name of the song is dim boys is back. And so it's about the journey of the Dallas Cowboys. And of course, you know, we all thought we'd be playing it today and celebrating another victory, but you know, it, it's still a six and two Cowboys team. And I thought I would play a chunk of it here for you. So again, this is William. And then this is available. If you want to check it out on YouTube, just go D E M b-o-y-z is back dim boys is back but uh listen to this man because this is actually legit really good so here it is uh how about them cowboys the phrase we all know jimmy made them great that was so long ago it's so easy to love them back there in 95 but now we've been waiting for a long damn time and since then up and downs but never consistent kept building hope and never ever went the distance so many years we put on the show we had some of the Grace like Whit, Ware, and Romo. Okay. In 06, Parcells coached them well, but Romo month with the hold. Damn. In 07, wasted talent with the trip to Cabo. Damn. 14, Dez caught it, ref stole it like a crook. Damn. 16, with 12 Damn. seconds, Rogers threw oh. it deep to cook. Damn. 18, we won round one, and then we broke the yes, mold. Sir. Next, CJ and Gurley made the hot boys turn cold. Ooh. 10 damn years, we suffered through the garage clap. Whoa. But it's a new staff Whoa. and a new team, Whoa. so it's time to clap hey. back. The glory of the win and the passion of the game. Yeah, yeah. The blood, sweat, and tears to reclaim in our name. Yeah, yeah. Getting back to glory huh. to recapture the dream. Uh-huh. To raise that trophy and be America's team. Let's go. It's time to rise up in the race all the time. How about them cowboys? That's the chant we all shout. Yes, it's do or die time. We getting back on track. Come on. Look out, league. Them boys is back. I mean, so again. Well, now. Isn't that impressive? No, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and so there's there's damn good. Yeah, there's a couple more voice verses. It goes on for another couple minutes, but again, if you want to hear the entire thing, just go to the to the YouTube. Them boys is back because I mean, when I heard that, I was like, oh my god, this is good. No, it's um, I mean that's impressive, terrific, man. No, 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 it's uh, well done, well done. That's that sounds like a dude who spent some time in the studio. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The lyrics flow. I mean, the flow works. The lyrics work. They tell him the, the story. I mean, good. yeah. He's I mean, not, you know, he's he's not just got the same cadence all the time. He switched it up. Yeah. No, nah, that was well done. Well done. Yeah, well, well done. done. So William and, and his guys there that came up with that. I mean, that is kick ass. And I would encourage you guys like check it out for real because that song, the whole thing. I mean, it just tells the story of what we've all been going through and. I don't know. I thought it was awesome. So I wanted to play that for you guys. And and I had asked William if that was cool. He's like, yeah, man. So good job on that. And hopefully the boys is back. I'm just going to ignore what happened today. Like I said, I think that's best for everybody. I already flushed it. So we're, we're, we're good there. But the other thing, and 
You know, this is interesting to me because, you know, that area like in North Plano and the colony over there, like Grandscape and all that has gotten really just absolutely nuts. Like they are putting in all kinds of stuff where there's nothing else like it. Well, it sounds like moving into that area is this thing called Chicago's Beerhead Bar and Eatery. And the first ever Texas location, it opens, actually it opens on Tuesday, November 9th. And it is a thing that was originally founded, as I said, in Chicago. They have nine locations nationwide. And they said that they were going to open one in 2020, like over a year ago, almost two years ago, but that the pandemic hit. So they didn't. They have two more locations planned for North Texas. This place has over 400 different craft beer options. 400. They are going to have 50 craft and local beer options on tap and another 350 in bottles and cans. They're also known because they frequently collaborate with local breweries for limited time exclusive brews. And they're also known, apparently they have this, their signature barbarian pretzel, which serves four people. I mean, the thing is massive. (laughs) It's the biggest pretzel I've ever seen in my life. Really? Yeah. I mean, I I don't even know how to describe it to you. It's like the size of two human heads. No, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So I see this and, and, you know, it it sounds cool, but it also kind of sounds a little bit like flying saucer to me, which is a local place. So I don't know how I feel about it, but I mean, being a beer lover and if you guys are kind of, if you're familiar with Plano at all, this is, this is up there kind of like on the North side of Plano on the like Northwest side in between Parker and Preston or Parker and spring Creek close to spring creek off of preston and if you know where the kenny's burger is up there where the old man what did that used to be the purple cow it's going to be in that little shopping area over there all right that sounds uh, it sounds like a place that uh, needs to be checked out just to see what's going on up there yeah man because that's a ridiculous amount of beer I mean, 400 Dude. different beers is a lot. That's so that they, ass. They're bringing them from all over the country, I assume. Apparently, yeah. All the, all the local taps. Yeah, and they, they say it's it's a 4,300-square-foot facility. They'll have an indoor stage for live music on the weekends. There's a large patio that seats 100 people with fire pits, and they can fit 130 inside. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see you know what kind of success they have because that is obviously a hot area up in that part of that northwest sector of Plano now, and there's really nothing else. I'm trying to think that place. Oh, what's it called? The Holy Grail or whatever it's called. That's up there in North Plano, kind of by two brothers. And they've got a really cool craft beer selection. But, you know, there's enough craft beer to go around. People can survive. Bro, that's the best thing you've said today because the game stunk. It did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the game stunk so bad that usually on Sundays I just chill at home. But we may be going to hit a local brewery here to sip on a couple to just wash away whatever that was of course also tonight i got to check out the dexter dexter new blood launches tonight on showtime so i got to sign up for that and i may check that out tonight we'll see and then you know i went to a beer festival here in birmingham yesterday that was cool i had a great time yesterday going to that and i was talking to somebody and there's an organization here called free the hops which is largely responsible It's really the organization in Alabama that helped to change some of the beer laws that helped to launch and make the craft beer movement in this state possible because there weren't really any craft beers whatsoever in Alabama at all until about 2012. Really? Yeah, it's it's actually I mean, very new. They wouldn't like the 
they had like these draconian laws of like levels of AV, ABV and distribution and stuff like that. And so they just kept harping on it and working on it and got some of the state legislature to change some stuff. So now that there are, I mean, there's not a ton. Obviously this is, I mean, there's 4 million people in the state of Alabama. So it's not like a massive right. state or anything, but you know, there's, I would guess in the Birmingham area, there's probably 12 to 15 breweries in the Birmingham Metro, which is for a city with about a 1.2 million population in the Metro. You know, it's not bad. All right. Were these laws left over from like prohibition? Yeah, there's a lot of that. Mississippi probably has the worst ones now. That's how come there's no breweries in Mississippi hardly at all. All right. All right. It's ridiculous. You learn a little something every day. Yeah, you do. And it's sad. And it's unfortunate for all that type of thing. But it, I enjoyed it. I, it it's, it's been a solid, you know, I like to hit the local breweries and get around and see what's up. And it's funny because I ran into somebody yesterday that I had known previously. And I was at the beer festival. And, and he was like, man, I heard you were back. And I was like, yeah. He's like, awesome. He's like, we got to get together and, and do some beer swapping. I was like, hell yes. Finally, let's get some beer going. <laughs> It's hard, man. The Birmingham beer scene is very novice. Hmm. Very novice. It's much different than the DFW beer scene. It's funny. You don't realize how far along the DFW beer scene has become until you come to an area where it is not as much. (laughs) Just in terms of number of breweries or just... Uh, just the, the type quality. Of that's yeah. Produced. Yeah. The, the consistency and the overall quality on the whole, you know, there's still right. a lot of breweries here that are putting out stuff that I just am like, how in the world do you not realize that? I mean, there, there's breweries here that I, we've gone to that every beer we tried was super flawed. And I'm just like, oh, man, really? this is, yeah, oh yeah. I'm like, man, this is wild. Like, Why? It ain't even about whether it's good or bad. Yeah. It's just flawed. Yeah. Like you, it's, you made it wrong. Like you shouldn't yeah, be putting got, this out. It's got that buttery taste to it. Yeah, stuff like that. Solvent, you know, you get a little of the green apple. The, you know, that's acetaldehyde. There's, there's a variety of different flaws that come through in beer, and I've had several of them here. And now, I mean, look. To be fair, there's also some breweries here that are very good and make consistent beer and, and have a lot of really good stuff that they do. But it's just right. interesting, and it's interesting to see like the the local beer community is not as diverse as it is in the DFW area, and is certainly not as knowledgeable. You know, I, but again, we're talking about DFW has seven and a half million people and Birmingham has a little about a million, a little over a million in the Birmingham Metro. So it's just a smaller scale and it's coming along. Right. I got you. It's kind of how it is, I guess. So other than that, you know, check out that song and, and, and maybe I guess let me know how Beerhead Bar and Eatery is. That sounds like a place that I'll probably hit when I come back because I'll be back in town. I mean, I'll spend several days there over Christmas, I hope. Oh, good. We'll hang up. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But Outside of that, you know, continue supporting our sponsors. We have a couple other conversations we wanted to get into. But before we do that, let's make sure to tell you, of course, about HFX Foundation Repair. HFX, again, as we say all the time, this is more about potentially saving yourself thousands of dollars in damages because they're going to catch those drainage and foundation issues early for you. So the thing of it is, is you give them a call and let them come out, 817 770-0174. It is a local place. They are family owned and they'll come out, man. Even if you've had estimates in the past and you want to get a second opinion, when you call HFX, you're not getting a salesman. It's Aaron. It's him. It's the guy who puts this thing together, man. He comes out personally. So, you know, you're working directly with a local family owned business that actually cares. And they're also now offering quick and easy third party financing. So if there is a problem and you do need some help, you can get it taken care of. And the first thing about it is, man, they provide peace of mind. 
you know, they come out. It doesn't cost anything for the consultation. They provide peace of mind. They check your house out from top to bottom. They say, hey, it looks good. Then you just relax. There's nothing to worry about. If they find something, then chances are they caught it early and it will cost you a fraction of what it costs if it catch it late. So, so that's why, you know, we call it the colonoscopy for your house for a reason, man. Get it done. Get it checked out early. And then whatever happens, you're in a much better position to deal with it than if you catch it late. That's exactly right. And if there is something, they will create an affordable, comprehensive repair plan. They'll be with you throughout the entire thing. As always, call them at the office, 817-770-0174. Or schedule that appointment and have them come out and check out at hfxfoundation.com. Also, of course, Smokey John's Barbecue. Have you done it? Somebody did. A couple people. I saw pictures this weekend that they tweeted they'd gotten the jam session bowl. Oh, yeah. I retweeted those those fine folks. And I don't know why you wouldn't, man. I mean, the jam session bowl, <laughs> it's only available if you're a jam session listener. Nobody else knows that you can order it. And as we always are told, when you go in and you order it, people go, what is that? <laughs> and they don't know because they're not jam session listeners. Or maybe nah, you were really? a new jam session listener and you're like, yeah, I heard about you guys at Smokey John's and now I listen. So welcome. Whatever. Dude, it's it's the way to go, man. The jam session bowl is fantastic. It's uh, your pick of uh, mashed potatoes or mac or uh, mac and cheese yep. as a base. Pick two or five smoked meats to throw on top of there. All the toppings you would probably find on a uh, baked potato. Then they drizzle it with that Smokey John sauce, man, and you just settle down and see how long you can go before you have to take a break and burp. That's exactly right. And it's only <laughs> available. It's on the secret menu. It's not, you'll walk in and you can't see it anywhere. You just tell them and they'll give you that knowing nod and make, all right, Bert and Juan, they both listen to the Jam Session podcast, man. They're big fans of what we do. We always appreciate those guys. And also keep in mind, we are less than three weeks away from Thanksgiving. Believe it or not, Woo! it is coming. And they've got their dressing stuffed turkey legs sold as a two or a four pack. Now you can order these. Each order includes the smoked turkey legs stuffed with their homemade dressing and gravy with the side of cranberry sauce. You can get, if you do it in the next 10 days, this is by November 17th, a two pack for $34.95 or a four pack for $69.95. And if you mention jam session, you get a complimentary one pint of homemade side to go with Bruh. their stuffed turkey leg pack. <laughs> Sounds That's fantastic. That's a deal, dude. That is a deal. You talk about eating good for Thanksgiving or hell, the day before Thanksgiving or right now just because you want it. Dude, sounds fantastic. And don't forget, if you want to taste a Smokey John's wherever you are in these here United States, go to the website, SmokeyJohns.com. Click on the marketplace. They got the rub for sale. They got the sauce for sale that Matt likes to drink. Shots. And uh, they can get it to your house in a couple days. Do it. Take Smokey John's with you wherever you are. That's right. And if you'd like to order that, the, to the stuffed turkey leg pack, the number to call, and make sure you do mention Jam Session when you call, 214-352-2752. Again, write that down because this is a limited time deal they're doing just in time for Thanksgiving. 214-352-2752 to call and order the dressing stuffed turkey leg packs. But as we move on, man, it is another football conversation because it was a weird-ass weekend in the world of college football. Weird to the point, and I've been saying this for a while, yes, it could be different, but Georgia is so much better than every other team that we've seen so far this season. I, I don't know. You want to put Bama second? Cool. You want to put Cincinnati second? Whatever. 
You want to put Ohio State second? Awesome, good for you. But you look at what happened this weekend in the world of college football. You got a Georgia team that continues to absolutely just annihilate everybody in their path. Once again, a team that only scores six points against them. As a matter of fact, they've played nine games, and eight of their nine games, they've held their opponent to their lowest point output of the season. They are damn good, man. Damn good. And it starts with their defense. Uh, It's big. It's fast. It's athletic. You can't really do anything against them. Uh, Their offense is good, but their defense is sensational. And um, I used to think, I used to think them and Bama SEC championship game, that ought to be a hell of a game. And now I think they win it by 10, bro. Yeah, I've thought all along that Georgia was going to win the SEC. And when Bama lost to A&M, I, I thought, I think they're going to beat Alabama in the SEC title game. And that'll be interesting because that'll really help to open the door for Cincinnati. But again, you know, Cincinnati's struggling. Cincinnati essentially escaped against Tulsa. Then you look at where else everybody did this week. And in Oregon was unimpressive. Ohio State was unimpressive against a really crappy Nebraska team. Michigan State got upset, obviously, losing to Purdue. So all these teams that are right there at the top of the standings, I mean, outside of Georgia, numbers two through, I mean, I don't even know how far down you want to go where you're just like, I, it's any one of them may be the second best team in the country. I don't know. I thought Ohio State had the best offense in the country, but after the last couple of weeks, I don't know if I if I believe that anymore. But then I look and I see what Alabama's offense, I mean, they were shut down for the most part by LSU. I, I, I don't know. Every single one of these teams it's is very, has big flaws other uh, than Georgia. Well, see, I think if you're looking, and, and I'm not even biased here, I think if you go from a matchup perspective who has an opportunity an opportunity because ain't nobody done it (laughs) to score some points against georgia i would say if ohio state played its best game then they could score some points against georgia uh the problem for ohio state is uh what you would expect kind of it's finding consistency with a redshirt freshman quarterback who's never played he's really good but he can be inconsistent from quarter to quarter or from game to game, especially against the best teams who are showing them looks he hasn't seen before. And so, you know, you just got to ride it out. But they have the skill position people, and on a given day they have the offensive line that could create issues for Georgia. Now, Ohio State's defense ain't really all that good, and so it might not matter. Uh, But all these other teams are really flawed, man. Um, Alabama's probably still the second-best team to me. But, you know, Michigan State, they, they disappeared rather quickly. Um, I don't really believe in Michigan, and that doesn't even matter whether they beat us or not. I just don't believe in Michigan. Um, you know, I don't really believe in Oregon. They haven't played great since they beat us. My Buckeyes in week two, I think yeah. it was. Yep. And so, <laughs> you know, this is a weird year because there's normally Alabama sitting at the top and everybody else is below them, but this year mm-hmm. it's Georgia at the top, man, and it just doesn't seem like there's anybody close to them to me. And to me, it's Georgia's championship to lose. I agree. And, and, you know, you look back at that very first week, that was their closest game when they played Clemson, and it was 10-3. to Outside of that, they have absolutely annihilated every single team they've played. Only two teams have scored two touchdowns on them. 
And one of those, only one of those did it really against their first team defense with Kentucky, who had to call a timeout with like four seconds left in the game just to score another touchdown. Now, I mean, the flip side is who they got left. They've got Tennessee. They've got Charleston Southern, which is an FCS school they'll beat 100 to nothing. And then they've got Georgia Tech, who they'll annihilate. Tennessee is going to be interesting because Tennessee offensively is, is figuring it out under Josh Heupel. And they actually play this week. That will be one of those offenses that will be a good test. You know, Tennessee right. put up 45 on Kentucky's defense this past weekend in the upset over a Kentucky. And, and they've got some explosion. That being said, I mean, dude, there are four, or depending on how it goes, right now and who comes out, literally Georgia has four to six guys who are going to be first-round NFL draft picks next year on their defense. Okay, now I'm just asking the question because you've paid much closer attention than I. What good team have they played? Now, they can only play who's on their schedule. Right, and see, that's the thing is because we know that Clemson's not any good. Right. You know, because originally we would have thought that. Right. Outside and that of that, fault. outside of that, you know, they thumped at the time. Everybody thought Arkansas was something, and they weren't. But right. it's the, Arkansas looked good until Georgia played them. Kentucky looked good until Georgia played them. The two best offenses they've played are Auburn and Florida on paper. So outside of that, they're, they're just – and the one thing about Georgia is, okay, well, if your schedule's not crazy difficult, then destroy everybody. Well, they did. Right. That's exactly what they're doing. And so now it's just another test against a unique offense that's, that's going to be able to move the ball some, or maybe not because they're playing Georgia. I don't know, man. I mean, this is a legitimate – and the funny thing is on offense – they don't do anything because they don't have to because they get up. So their defense shuts everybody down. It's just kind of right. ho-hum. And they, from everybody that we talked to, George Pickens, who would be with health as a first-round NFL wide receiver, he's by far their best offensive option. He hadn't played all year, and they expect, because he's been practicing, they expect he'll be back here in the next couple of weeks and be ready to go for the SEC title game and for the playoff. Wow. Um, all right. This is for Matt McLaren. Who would be in Matt McLaren's playoff? Man, somebody asked me that the other day. And if it's just what I think are the best or what I'm going off of when I look at all these different metrics. No, what you what you would do, you're the czar of the NCAA. To me, it's Georgia. I still think I would put Alabama in there. I'm putting Ohio State in there. Outside of that, I mean, at this point, I'm, it's Cincinnati. I think I'd go Cincinnati fourth. All right. I'm not convinced that Cincinnati and Oklahoma, that Cincinnati wouldn't beat Oklahoma. Right, right. But, you know, to me, those would be the next two teams. But Oklahoma, who has had a weak strength of schedule, they are about to get a real boost in the eyes of the playoff committee because of their next three opponents. And that starts with an opportunity against a Baylor team coming off of a disappointing loss, obviously, to TCU this weekend. But right. ba Baylor's very capable of beating OU. And, and I think there's still that belief that somewhere along the way, this OU team that has survived by the skin of its teeth is still going to be able, somebody's going to knock them off. And maybe it's Oklahoma State at the end of the year. I don't know. But I have a hard time believing OU can do this thing undefeated. Yeah, because they don't appear to be that good, <laughs> relatively and, speaking. And the thing with Cincinnati, because you look at how the playoff committee, whether you think it's fair or not, is not, so it has nothing to do with it. Right, and I argue people, man, they'll, they'll be like, well, this system's done. Okay, cool. You hate the system. But within the system we have, Cincinnati right now at most can finish with five quality wins and top 25 wins combined. 
27 other teams can hit six or more, depending on how it goes. Cincinnati's strength of schedule dropped yesterday to 117. Woo! So and you lost. Yeah, I mean it, it. That and just them beating Tulsa gave Tulsa another loss. It's they are going to need a colossal amount of help in front of them. Things like Michigan State getting upset, but even more so than that, you know, when you look at where the committee has everybody walking in, they're going to need Georgia to beat Alabama again. They're going to need somebody to kill off Oregon, which easily could still happen. They need Oklahoma to lose a game to where some of these teams that are with a loss are undefeated. We saw Wake eliminate themselves. They lost, not surprisingly. They're going to lose another game or two. But when you look at this, Cincinnati needs some of these teams to lose inexplicably and because their strength of schedule is going to weight them down so much. They're going to be so low. And that's where this becomes. Is it more impressive to go to go eight and one against the top twenty schedule or to go nine and zero against the hundred and seventeenth schedule? I mean, that's that's the question you gotta ask. Right. And and that's reality. And and so what the committee is doing is, okay, if you're going to play that schedule through no fault of your own, it's just what you got to play, then you better annihilate everybody. And Cincinnati, the last three weeks, has not been doing that. I see that. But but by the same time, I think it's hard to annihilate everybody. Every it day. is. It is. But George is doing it, except for one game. You know, and that's and now granted, George is a completely different level. I mean, they're they're thumping teams that are teams with winning records. I mean, it's it's insane. Right. Right. I just don't. I, I mean, obviously, the only thing I wonder about Georgia. They have not played in a game all year since Clemson in which they had to feel that sphincter tighten in the fourth quarter. That's always an issue. And I just you never wonder, know how to work. Right. If you, if you get into that SEC title game, you just kind of wonder, what if it's a dogfight in the fourth quarter and you're not used to what that feels like against quality opponents because you're so used to by the time the fourth quarter comes around, the game's over. Right. We'll say that's Alabama and say they lost uh, 21-17 or 14-10 to Alabama. So they'd both go to the Yeah, they'd both get the, in. Oh, for sure. They'd go to the yeah. playoff and then, you know, it'd be two other teams. Who, yeah, the winner know. of the Big Ten, assuming it's a one-loss champion, which I think it will be, the winner of the Big Ten will get in. I will say, if you are an Aggie fan, I will be fair, the Aggies absolutely dominated Auburn yesterday. Their defense just smothered them. Auburn could barely move the ball on them. A&M, since knocking off Bama that night when they just inexplicably, and now you look at those two losses they had, and it's still, I mean, losing to Arkansas and Mississippi State, it's just inexplicable. They've been playing a lot better, and it is fair to say, if Texas A&M, if you are an Aggie fan, you better be rooting hardcore that Auburn knocks off Alabama in the Iron Bowl on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. If that happens and AM wins their next three games, right. they would finish the season 10 and 2, and they would be SEC West champions. If they do that and then they beat Georgia in the SEC title game, they would put a two loss AM in the playoff. Yeah, but it's just taking it one at a time. Yeah, and they, they got a <laughs> Ole Miss is coming to town, and I, I Ole Miss was clicking for a while against Liberty the other day. And, and that'll be an interesting challenge for that defense of A&M to go up against an offense as explosive and that the way that they can do things with Lane Kiffin and that Ole Miss offense. So that'll be a very interesting game this upcoming Saturday. But get past them. And then LSU, I mean, hell, you never know. I mean, A&M closes a season with LSU. 
they just gave Bama a fight that nobody thought they had in them, and that'll be the last game for Coach O. <laughs> I don't know that they'll be playing for him. They may not. They may not be playing for him. But I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, if you're the Aggies, you got to go on the road to Oxford. It's a 6 o'clock game at Oxford, and that'll be the final home game of the Coach O era at LSU the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Easier said than done, especially if they put that game at night in Tiger Stadium. I get it. It'll be fun. No doubt about that. It always is. But, again, we'll see how it plays out. So we continue here with you on this episode, and we tell you, of course, about our friends at Freeway Tire Shop. Freeway Tire Shop is where Jacques takes every single one of his cars. Freeway Tire Shop is the mechanic that if you have always wondered, who do I trust? You go there because the customer service, he will take care of you, and you can trust him to take care of your vehicle and be upfront and honest with you. Dude, that's why I go to JR, man. That's why I take my cars there. And I've got, a, I think I've got two of them there now, but it's because, <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> you man. know, I got older cars, man, and they've all been paid <sighs> off because I hate to, I hate to sell them. So they got problems, man, because they old. <laughs> but, Apparently, uh, I jeez. Trust, I trust JR, man, to diagnose the issue, to use quality parts to fix the issue, to give me a fair price, man, and then to stand behind his work. Because every mechanic doesn't do all four of those. Some do three, some do two. Some do one, some do none. A few do four, but I know for a fact JR does all four, and that's why I take my cars to him, bro. Yeah, I mean, it's the place to go, whether it's an oil change or a state inspection, if you need new tires, or if you're like Jacques and you're just like, hey, I got all kinds of stuff going wrong, but now, once you know you can trust them, you can take all your cars there. You can take it to them every time because you know the work is going to be quality and he's going to take care of you. He's a big jam session listener. It's JR, his crew at Freeway Tire Shop. You can schedule an appointment. You can request a quote online at freewaytireshop.com. Well, before we close up this version of the podcast, we have to, we got a little Luca magic the other night. Saturday night at home, it's been a long time since the Mavs had an opportunity to close out a game like that in front of a packed house. They had the Boston Celtics in town and Luca did what Luca does. He, he had the ball, takes the inbounds pass from Jalen Brunson, dribbles it up, watches the clock, and with about seven seconds left, starts to move to the left side and does a little one-legged fadeaway three-pointer in the face of three defenders. Nothing but net. Buzzer beater three-pointer to win the game. 33 points for Luca as the Mavs pull it out over Boston the other night. Dude, it's a fantastic play. I, I just got to tell you, Yes, he made the shot. Yes, it was terrific. Yes, it was a glorious moment. Is that really the best shot we can draw up? <laughs> <laughs> I think you know what I mean. I wonder you know if that I mean? was just him. If he was just like, you know what, I'm going to go over there and this is my spot. I'm going to drain this thing. Now, no, look, that's probably what he did. It just seems like wow, that was such a hard shot. Uh, but that's what he does, man. He's he's a clutch dude. He loves taking those those uh, those last shots. He loves mm-hmm. having the ball in his hands. And not everybody does. Some people say they do, but they really don't. He really does, man, and it's a, it's a joy to see every time he hits it. And again, this is still a team that is figuring everything out. I, I think that is obvious. They're still not where they're going to be, but we're almost 10 games into this thing, and we'll see. They've got the Pelicans. A lot of you will be listening to this on Monday night, and they've got the Pelicans Monday night in Dallas. If they beat them, they'll be 7-3 and three in their first 10 games of the season. And, and again, right now, they're third in the Western Conference, and it's – 
There's a lot of teams out there that are trying to figure everything out. We did see the return of KP on Saturday night, and it felt like it took him a while to get going, but once he did in the fourth quarter, man, 10 fourth quarter points, and KP, this is what's so damn frustrating about the dude. He gave you that 21-7 and that you need from KP, and he did a lot of it in the fourth quarter, which gave the Mavs the opportunity for, for Luka to step back and you know, drain that three to win. And Luca finished with 33. He had nine rebounds, five assists. And I, I don't know. It, it's it's so funny to watch people's reaction on social media because it's almost like they want them to be the 73 nine, and nine Warriors, like right out of the gate, <laughs> which for a team well, yeah. with the new coach that hadn't played together and has some new pieces, it, they're figuring it out still. Bro, you have to, you just have to understand that. Like, you know, one of the biggest, uh, you know, KP came back the other day and showed, oh, here's what I can do. You remember me? With a terrific fourth quarter that helped win the game. But to me, one of the is one of the stories of the first 10 games has been Jalen Brunson. Yeah, man. I mean, he's been sensational. And how about this? And, and, and it's just for context because, you know, people, sometimes people just lose context. But Jason Kidd has said, it's told Luca, yo, bro, just let Jalen Brunson bring the ball up. Let him create and and then give it to you so that you're not worn down bringing the ball up every possession. And so I noticed, man, that's cool and that's fine. That's no big deal. But it also means your assist numbers will go down some. Now, while that's really not a big deal, because I don't think Luca is Russell Westbrook chasing triple doubles every night. It's just interesting because you'll have some people who will say, Oh, my God, he averaged nine assists last year. He's only got five this year. He's fallen off. Yeah. And the reality is they just changed the way that they played, and so he hadn't fallen off. Yeah, and, and you know, Brunson the other night against San Antonio went bonkers. That was the one in which he had 31 points and, and 10 rebounds, and it's what you need. Again, I don't know what to make of this Mavs team, and in, we're not supposed to know what to make of this Mavs team. This isn't the Bulls. This isn't the 72-10 and 10 Bulls or the 73-9 and 9 Warriors. This is a team that we think has an opportunity to do a little something in the playoffs that's going to figure itself out of the course of the season. And if even if you get the 50 wins, you still lose 32 times. But you figure yeah. yourself out so that by the time the end of the year comes around, it, it's going to look the way that it'll eventually look as it morphs through these stretches like this. But it's like baseball to me, man. If you got a 10-game stretch, I don't care who's on your schedule. They haven't played anybody. Okay, then go 7-3 and three in, in the 10-game stretch, which is what they're yeah. about to do. I think it's just, um, you know, I think the problem for the Mavericks, and I ain't breaking no news here, the long-term problem for the Mavericks is that this is a poorly constructed roster. Yes. Be- because, and, you know, some of it's just the luck of the draw. But KP is supposed to be your second best player. And theoretically he is, but he's hurt so often that you can't really trust him to be there for as many games or turn into kinds of performances that your number two guy on a championship game, championship level team should do. Right. And then number, then the other point is there's no way in the world Tim Hardaway Jr. is supposed to be your third best player. <laughs> That's right, yeah. No, I'm serious. No, like, I, he shouldn't. Yeah. He should be like, like your fourth or your fifth best player. Then you're really good. I mean, I told y'all this before. Matter of fact, I mentioned it to my dude. We were at dinner a couple weeks ago. We were having one of our philosophical sports conversations. And I told him, I said, remember when you were on a basketball team and I told the coach, there's no way you should be the second best player on the team if they were trying to win a bunch of games? Because you're a good basketball player, but you ain't that guy. If you're the fourth or the fifth best player, okay, now it's all good. I said, 
And uh, I ain't, you know, I'm not talking out of turn. That team lost a couple games, fifty-five to six, on the AAU circuit <laughs> because they weren't they weren't a well put together team. And so, to me, that's the biggest problem for the Mavericks. It's uh, it's not a good roster. And then Luca and the way they're constructed, they'll win a bunch of games. But for playoff purposes, to me, it's just it's just not a good enough roster to really do damage, even though we'd love to see him get to the second round this year. Yeah, and we'll see. That's all I, I know. I don't know what else to make of any of this right now other than thank God we have Luca because he's a hell of a lot of fun to watch, man. I mean, that oh, dude is no, – God. I mean, he's must-see he's must TV. Bro. Every time, and, and I love watching him – when I'm playing my NBA 2K22, and he's putting up 100-point <laughs> games. You know, it's great. And, that. you know, just real quick here, this other little nugget that came out, and I don't know, I'm always curious about this, and a lot of the times it ends up being like the Dez thing or the Odell Beckham Jr. thing where it's we're thinking of this person when from years ago, but right. at the same time, you know, maybe, and this is a Rangers thing here, and the reason is I'm bringing this up is because the Los Angeles Dodgers have not offered a qualifying offer to Clayton Kershaw. And there is some thought that he's been with the Dodgers his entire career. He's done all 14 years. He's obviously not what he once was. He's still pretty damn good, but he is not Walker Bueller anymore. And there's a reason why they traded for Max Scherzer. You know, he had an outstanding strikeout and walk rates this year, but had that injury that shortened his season with the elbow inflammation, he only took him out for like two months, and then he had a forearm thing where he wasn't a part of their postseason. But apparently, the Dodgers are kind of doing this to see what he wants to do. Like, does he want to come back and being a legend with the Dodgers? You know, maybe they'll work something out. But if they don't offer him a qualifying offer, essentially what it does is it kind of helps him on the open market because his new team, if he does choose to leave L.A., they did not have to give up a draft pick and potentially international bonus pool money to sign him. So this helps actually his market. And there's been a lot of speculation that the dude who grew up in Highland Park might want to come home and close his career out as a Ranger. You know, he lives in the offseason. He lives in Dallas that he may just want to do right. like a season or two here and with the Rangers. I mean, who's going to be opposed to that? I think you just have to, like you said, like – I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, in the last six years, because he's 33, don't forget about that. Yeah, he's he's not I mean, young. Yeah, you know how many um, innings per year has he averaged in the last six years? God, in the last six years, I I would be shocked if I would guess it's probably like 150, maybe a little bit more, but there's no way it's much more than that. No, it's 140. Okay, yeah, I was going to say. And his first. Um, what is it? Looks like his first seven or eight years, first seven years, he averaged 200 innings. Oh, yeah, he was a horse. Right. And yeah. so what I'm saying is, again, you got to put it in perspective that, yeah, and, and you know, he could do a lot like, you know, I'm going to do what I do, uh, but in doing so, you know, I'm not going to be that same dominant guy I've been, but yeah. I'll show guys how to work, how to prepare, how to be good. I still got enough juice to give you a few really good starts a, a game, I mean a year. But, um, you know, I mean, I don't see any downside to it. Uh, but he had, you know, he's won 10 or fewer games in three of the last six seasons. So yeah, he yeah. just hadn't been available. Yeah, but you yeah. wonder, like, especially for a young staff. That's what I'm saying. 
you know, like if Jack Leiter is going to be up at the big league level next year, just to, even if it, just his presence, just well, sitting in the outfield ta- in the bullpen with these guys. What we're talking about is that Nolan Ryan impact. Yeah, that's that was you know my first thought. Was it, it'd be kind of, I mean, granted, Nolan was what, like 41, 42 when he right. came to the Rangers? But he was still he still had was good enough to flash uh, several times a year. Uh, he gave the he gave the uh, franchise credibility and all that kind of stuff. And Clayton Kershaw would do the same thing. You're exactly right. Now Clayton, of course, will be 34. I think he turns 34 in March. I I, I remember right somewhere around there. But yeah, that'd be I don't know. It'd be interesting. Apparently, the Rangers are going to spend some money this this off season. We'll see. I, I, we I feel like we've heard that before. But they have been spending like a bottom five market team in the last couple of seasons because they knew the window realistically was down the road. And there's some thought that they are. And I mean, just reading, you know, at, at the end of the season, I read some stuff about free agents and whatnot. And there's a lot of thought that they are going to go balls out and that they will be able to get one of those shortstops, you know, whether it's Corey Seager or Trevor Story, who a lot of people think they'll go hard after even Carlos Correa from the Astros, maybe. But I think they're going to throw some money around and, and, and try to make this thing look not as putrid as they right, kind of right. you got to have some veteran presence to shore up. You can't just run out a team of young dudes with promise. Right. I mean, at some point, you need some real players out there. Exactly. Um, that'd be interesting, man. Um, very interesting. Very, very interesting. It would. Uh, it, it, and then maybe somehow we'd, we'd have them on the podcast or something. You know, be like, hey, man, remember that time I saw you at the Rustic? And I was like, hey, Clayton. And you just looked at me weird, like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> uh, we could do that. We could do that. I like Clayton Kershaw. I mean, he's a good dude. He's a good dude, yeah. man. And, and he's – that's I, – I would love for somebody – I know that he's not what he once was, but I don't – even if he's like your number two or number three starter, just to have that dude out there would be cool. All right, now I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there, not to be a Mr. Negative. I'm just saying, you know, these American line, American League lineups say no joke, bro. I know. <laughs> and I, again, like I said, I, I don't think, but I'm not, I, I don't think the Rangers are going to make the playoffs next year. Like, I don't think you're bringing right. him in like, oh, he's the missing, you know, sitting at Cliff Lee or somebody coming in, but, or Cole Hamels. But like I said, I mean, they, right. they're going to have a bunch of young dudes in that rotation next year that I think a Clayton Kershaw and his knowledge and his understanding and the way he approaches the game, you know, right. putting Leiter and Dane Dunning and some of these other dudes around him for a season or two, that there's way worse things you could do than spend your money on that. Hell yeah. For me anyway. You know what? Go get his ass. <laughs> Go get him, Rangers. <laughs> yeah, do that, Rangers. Go get Clayton Kershaw. Make us happy. That was the weird thing that I experienced. Oh, I forgot to tell you this. So, you know, the the deal with the Rangers, the 10-year anniversary of the St. Louis World Series, obviously, was a couple of weeks ago. Right. And you know me with my bird feeders. I have multiple bird feeders. Oh, okay. I brought them all to Alabama. I put my bird feeders up in my backyard. We, we really haven't gotten a lot of birds here. I don't know why. Maybe they just haven't found them yet. Now, we get, like, the sparrows and some finches. We had a really pretty bluebird that started coming around, which is cool. But we hadn't had any blue jays or cardinals or anything like that. I kid right. you not. This is a this is true. The tenth anniversary of Game Seven of the Rangers actually losing the World Series. I look out my window that morning, and this fat ass red cardinal is sitting there eating on the bird feeder, just mocking you. That, and I was like, really, really. We've lived Just here for you. like two months, 
and you have not i've not seen a cardinal at all and your ass <laughs> shows up on the 10-year anniversary of the cardinals beating the rangers in the 11 world series wow i was like man yeah. good thing i don't have a bb gun <laughs> you'd have taken him out bro yep because i guarantee you that cardinal wouldn't have dropped it like cruz he'd have taken it right in wow yeah wow. still bitter that's what you never get over that you just never get over something like that no, I don't think you do. That's why I was glad to see Ryan Washington get a ring. Yeah, that was awesome, man. I, I have a, I mean, living in Birmingham, a lot of the people here are hardcore Braves fans. And right. I thought that was really cool because a lot of the guys that I know, they were, I mean, it's like the Cowboys. The Cowboys last won the Super Bowl the same year the Braves last won the World Series, the 95 season. Yeah. And so much like how we've all gone through it without experiencing it, all these dudes that I know that live here that are hardcore Braves fans, all they'd known is heartbreak and, and they remember 95 and they haven't, they went and lost in 99 and hadn't gotten to experience it as adults. And I thought it was really cool. Cause I, I got a couple of guys that work at the station that I'm friends with that, you know, just were in tears and couldn't believe like they had just convinced it'll never happen again. And I wish I'd appreciated it more when I was in high school, you know, much like me with the Cowboys. Like, and well, it happened for them. And I thought that, that was, that was cool to live around here to see that many people be excited about it. No, that's cool, man. That's good. It's always good when your team wins, man. It is. It is because good. Because for, for most folks, it doesn't happen all that often. It does not. And, again, we'll be back Tuesday. Well, I guess Wednesday, rather. We'll drop the podcast Wednesday. We'll, we'll have Todd Archer. We'll see what the hell he thinks about what we saw today. But I, I, I don't know what you say. I mean, you look around the league – you know, New England won today, and they're neck and neck. They've won three in a row, and the Bills are five and three. The Pats are five and four in that division now in the AFC East. Dude, that's why it's hard to win, man. And you, you got to win the games when you can. <coughs> Excuse me. And so, you know, it's um, the Pats are like that 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 uh, that devil that never dies on a horror movie. Man, uh, they really, really are. Drive their stick yeah. through their heart and cut their head off, and then burn it, and then throw it at the bottom <laughs> of the ocean. <laughs> uh, Look at you. If you want them to die. And so, you know, at one level, that's good for Buffalo. It keeps you focused. That's yeah. what I said about the Cowboys. It's not about the East for them because that wouldn't keep you focused. It's about the division of doom. That will keep you focused. Um, but, uh, dude, it's uh, the Pats are a well-coached team. They're going to be around. Mac Jones is a, is a good quarterback on his way to being a really good quarterback, I think, because he's got a good coordinator. And if they ever got him some talent, who knows what he'd do. The other weird thing is you look at the AFC North, and right now, now granted it's neck and neck, right now Cincinnati's in last place in the AFC North. Damn, I thought they were just in first place. They were. The Baltimore, Baltimore 6-2, and two, Pittsburgh's 4-3, and three, but because of their wins and tiebreakers, they're ahead of both Cleveland, who just beat Cincinnati, and Cincinnati, who are in last in the division at 5-4. and four. Damn. But Isn't that wild? Know, it's wild, but that's why as a team you don't worry about that. You just worry about winning, man, because when you win – Everything else takes care of itself. And then right now, I mean, they're about to go into the fourth quarter in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is beating the Chargers. We'll see how that turns out. Look at the AFC West. Five and three Raiders, depending on what happens with the Chargers, either five and three or four and four. Denver's five and four. And Kansas City right now looks like they're going to thump Green Bay. We'll see how the second half plays out, but they could be five and four. I mean, you could, you could basically have a four-way tie for first place in the AFC West after today. Well, that's good for the Chiefs. That should give them a little inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's the NFL, man. It 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 happened today. It sucked to watch. It was not what any of us wanted to see. But we'll look forward to next week against the Falcons and picking up win number seven. How about that? 
Sounds like a plan, bro. And then we'll talk to you guys in a couple days. So be looking forward to the next episode of the podcast when we talk to ESPN Cowboys insider Todd Archer. Enjoy your Monday and make sure to keep telling your friends. We have been smashing records for downloads and we have seen a lot of growth. Really appreciate you. If you're a new listener, it's awesome to have you. Hope you enjoy it. Don't forget, you can always reach out to us on our social media on Twitter at McMatt Radio. That's me. And Jacques is at JJT underscore journalist. And also be following along on our Instagram. You can find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast.